Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Nation, welcome back to Respect Our Decision, part of the people, our podcast that we do each and every week for you, the guys that listen and send in your questions and comments. And we try to provide some answers or maybe just some insight to whatever you might have to ask. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch, and with me is CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man, Wes. What's up? I'm ready to get hyped about the season this year, guys. Man, he's He's sick, but he's hyped. You know what I'm saying? Next week. All right. All right, Wes. What's our first question of the week? All right. This is from my boy Justin Wood. He has a few. I'm gonna give CJ the first one. Uh he says, Is it a foregone conclusion that we will finish with a 290 or above in recruiting for the 2024 class? That's not a full blown conclusion. Uh, I mean, there's still things that can happen. It's recruiting, everything changes, it's fluid. Uh right now, I, I feel like everything is on track to get there. You know, everything looks that way, but I've followed this for too long to know that things change. Um, I don't I don't believe that's gonna happen, but I'm not gonna sit here and 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 say that two ninety is is it, we're gonna get it for sure. Nothing's gonna change. I just don't I, I can't I can't in good conscience do that. I I I mean I'm with you, CJ. Um I'm, I agree. Uh, we didn't really see, uh, and, I, and I go back to our, our previous coach. I will not name him, but uh, we rarely saw people flip from out of our class. And Napier has done that the last two years as well, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Only people that left out of the class is been by, I believe, our choice. 
uh, we know grades and all that stuff. So I'll leave that there. CJ, I'm going to double back to you because this question is specifically for you. I will give uh, Hirsch the next two So because th- he wanted to know something about baseball. He said, CJ, thoughts on new transfers recently added to the baseball team? Uh, you added a couple of guys uh, in Armando Albert and uh, Ashton Wilson. I'd write their names down to make sure I got them right. Um, you added one guy, Armando Alberts from Florida Atlantic. He uh, he looked like he had a pretty good year. Um, again, nothing. They're not power hitters. They're not guys that are swinging the bat and hitting 20, 20 home runs or anything like that. They're guys that are really good at getting on base. Um, they're really good at stealing bases. Uh, Armando Albert finished his, his season with a 13-game streak of reaching base, which is really good. Um, both of them batted in the mid 200s, both Ashton Wilson and uh, Armando Albert. Ashton Wilson was the 2023 Big South Player of the Year, or excuse me, Big South Freshman of the Year. Both of them are, you have some some seasons left. Um, Armando came from Jesuit High School there in Florida. Um, so he's he's got some ties there. Both two guys that definitely uh, would like to be Gators, I think. Um, you've added a couple of young pieces who are going to be there for a while. I think that this is trying to answer our question of who's going to play shortstop. Um, the bit that's the biggest question mark this this all season. Me um, with Rivera leaving is who's going to take that spot at shortstop? And you've got a bunch of guys that I think can play shortstop, but I think that that's um, what Sully's trying to do here. And I think you've added two guys that are very capable, two guys that are they're very very good at stealing bases. Um, defensively um, play the outfield and the infield can do both. Um, you've got, like I said, you've got a few guys that also are kind of that way that, that, that are playing that third base, left field, shortstop. You've got a bunch of guys, Dale Thomas, Tyler Shelnut, um, Colby Shelton. These guys are kind of in that mold of we got to figure out what they're going to do. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of get a clearer picture as camp goes and these guys progress. Uh, but you've taken two young guys with a lot of potential, that I think Kevin O'Sullivan can kind of take, you know, we look at Josh Rivera specifically, I think it's evident of what he can do because Josh wasn't a big time player before last year. He worked, he got better. He was in a great program. Uh, It started of course, with him becoming a very good shortstop and then he became very good with the bat. Um, So I think you're going to look to that. I think you're going to look at guys that are going to become very good shortstops first defensively, and then they're going to work on the bat. So uh, that that's kind of what I'm envisioning. You know, again, there's two guys. They're not going to jump off the page. They're not big-time highlight, you know, kind of transfers. But they're two guys that are going to fill positions. Uh, they're two guys that have years ahead of them left to play. So you can get them in the system and, and really start to groom them to put them in that spot. So I, I think they're two good pickups of so two guys that are very capable players. All right, I'm going to give you the next two. This is from Justin Wood. I like this question. It's kind of right up your wheelhouse because you're a troll artist at times. You Sometimes you like to troll. I don't know what you're talking about. Who? What opposing fan bases will be will have to eat crow the most this season on the field and recruiting-wise? Miami. <laughs> Miami. I actually do think Florida State will have a fairly decent season, and obviously they're recruiting. What do you results. call decent? I'm gonna cut you off. What do you call it decent? I I think they go ten and two. Okay. I, I actually, I mean, and maybe maybe I'm in the minority with that. I, but I, you know, 
We'll see. I guess we should wait and see how they perform versus LSU. They don't have any excuses. Let me put it that way. They have no excuses to have a bad season this year. Um, and the recruiting is already right there. Like, I mean, it is. They've got a top five, six class, depending on where you look right now. They've, they've gotten multiple five-star kids. They're really selling things down there right now. It's, it's, it's a good time for Seminole fans. I can't say that. Now, Miami, on the other hand, <laughs> um, are, are signing three stars like they're, you know, crypto at the height of crypto, um, which is ironic since they have a, a scam artist of a, of a nil guy down there who's being sued by everybody right now. And I just don't believe they're going to be really great on the field either. I don't, I don't believe that Mario is a good in-game coach. I don't believe that they have a very good coaching staff. I believe that their fans are going to be at Mario's neck by the end of the season. If, if I had to guess. All right. Uh, I like the answer and I agree with you. I, I don't, nothing I want to add to that. Last one from Justin. And I like this one as well. Uh, what recruiting commitment committing this 2024 class that we already have in that class that have you guys on cloud nine. And he said, you can't use DJ. So what guy that you like? Yeah. That guy, in two, three years, is going to be my guy. I'm going to stick to this guy. I'm going to follow this guy. Miles Graham. Reports. I want to hear something from him. Go ahead. I, I cut you off. Miles Graham. Uh, Xavier feels to me is a very close second on that because I think he's going to be a stud safety that we haven't had here in a while. But Miles Graham is obviously a legacy kid. He's a damn fine linebacker. Um, linebacker recruiting has – not been what it was once in the past, but now obviously Jay Bateman has got us, if you will. Um, I, I just really look forward to seeing what Miles brings to the table. I mean, there's a few other Jamonta Waller, obviously. I think that's kind of low hanging fruit, though. I think given his tape and obviously his the controversy of his own three ranking um, generates a lot of you know, down the road, you want to finger point and be like, see, y'all were way off on that young man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I just, I'm not going to lie. It's Miles Graham. I really want to see Miles Graham do great and, and live up to the tradition of, of what his father started here as a great Gator. Um, CJ, this is the last one. Justin, just, I didn't skip this question on purpose. Uh, but to your last question, mine will be Jeremiah Smith. Uh, that's the guy that I'm um, just has me on cloud nine. We don't have him yet, but that, that just was. It's just saying random stuff out here. Uh, CJ, last question from Justin. He says, the game this year that if we win will have you the most happiest. Let's say we go 0-12, 1-11. What <laughs> game would have you the happiest if it's, if it's the one that we win? He, he didn't say it like that, but I'm re- re- rephrasing it, Um, I mean, obviously, it, it's uh, – I want to say Florida State, but that feels too damn easy. Um, <laughs> I'm I, I'll, Florida State's the, like the obvious blinking sign on my face answer, and I guess maybe Georgia. But beating Georgia is so far removed from my mind right now that I'm not even like, considering it. Um, LSU, I'd love to beat LSU. Good answer. I, I, I would pop champagne if we beat LSU. I am so sick and damn tired of losing to LSU. We we had we could have we could have opened a gap on LSU from them floundering 
and we didn't do anything with it. We Always lost. a close game. Always a close it, game. All, I would love to finally beat, especially if we're going to Death Valley, I would love to win that game, especially if Florida State lost it first. I, I a thousand percent agree with you on that. FSU is low hanging fruit. And like you said, Georgia is kind of, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, beating LSU at LSU would be an absolutely gigantic win for this program and Billy Napier this season. All right. This is a question for somebody named, not named Justin. This is from Nigel Jenkins. Uh, well, he just had, he just loves what we do. So I go to the next guy. He said, uh, his name <laughs> is Brian Holden. Uh, he said, how confident are Gator fans about our running back trio? How do you feel about the running back trio? I feel better about this group of running backs than I maybe felt since we had guys named Demps and Rainey and, and um, Moody in the really? backfield. That's good. I like that. I, I, because I can't say this enough. I don't think Gator fans understand how good of a running back Cam Carroll can be. I know some do. I'm not saying if, if, if you're you one of those, it's like, I, I believe it. I've watched his highlights. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking me. to people who may not have realized me. or watched any highlights of that young man. That young man is a stud of a running back. Like he got, he, he hasn't is, got hurt last year. You're talking to me because I, I I haven't. I, I'll be honest. Well, you need to get off of this tonight and watch some Cam Carroll highlights because that young man is a tank. Yes, and he's going to at some point in the first few games, he's going to run over somebody, and Gator Nation's going to be like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> I love to be a lot of a lot of Marion Barber, that yes. kind of running back. He is a he. He reminds me of Montrell too, though. Like, but yeah. I think he—he's one of those guys that, to me, he's got that mean streak that wants to go search somebody out and and put him in the dirt. And that's you know that I love that kind of running back. I'm I'm a big fan of a running back that doesn't shy away from contact. And I mean, you have Trevor who can run away from people. You have Montrell that can do both. And then you have this young man. I just think it's the best combination of running backs we've had here in a decade. I'm really excited. I, 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 I kind of like the, the yeah. running backs we've had, but I like, I, I like your take on it. You've risen my expectation for that room, even though I love ETN and Johnson. Once again, this is a personal take. Don't, yeah. <laughs> you may say, no, Hirsch, that group we had whenever yeah. was better. I, I, I like Scarlett and I've liked uh, I love Taylor and guys. all those guys, but, 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 but this I, is a trio. I, I this is three running backs that I could see all three guys taking snaps on the NFL level at some point in time. I'm tracking. I love it. I'm going to ask this question and I'll give you the next one. This is from Ryan Gurren because it's something I mentioned last week, but I want to reemphasize and I'll give you the next one from Ryan Parker, uh, a frequent question asker that we love as well. Uh, Ryan Gurren said, if Graham Hurst has a great season this year, do you see him returning next year or going pro? If Graham Merch doesn't stay next year, do you see Max Brown taking over, or is it DJ Ladway's show? I wanted to answer this question because I talked about this last week. As fans, you have to realize that if Graham Merch has a decent season, say we go 9-3, whatever your expectations for the season, 10-2, and 9-3, 8-4, 7-5, and Graham Merch looks decent, I want him to come back. I'm a big fan, and, and, and I know you asked, do we see him coming back? I can't answer that question of whether I see him coming back, but I will hope he will come back because of the schedule that we have next year. 
I don't want the and this kind of answers the second part of the question about Max Brown or DJ Lagway. I would hope that Max Brown is ready to step up next year and be the quarterback. I don't want DJ going through that gauntlet. Would I want him to play and get some experience? Yes. But I would want Mertz to come back and give fifth-year guy giving DJ and Max Brown lessons. We don't know what DJ is going to be. Max Brown may be it. We don't know what his future holds. But to be in the room with the guy that studies, that we've heard that is the first guy there and the last guy to leave, you want that type of experience. That is something that you can't uh, put into words of how important those things are for young developing quarterbacks coming from high school to the speed of playing in the SEC. And on defense, offense, whatever it is, you want that type of guy in your room. If DJ is there with Max Brown, Max Brown hadn't played a game, I want DJ to get the most experience he can, he can get when they're in the film room. It's not all about on the field and practice and stuff. Those guys take time after practice, and they're in the film room clicking. Okay, that looks good. So DJ can ask Max um, what do you see? Not just Max Brown, but Mertz. What do you see? What Mertz can be like, this is what I see. I see the linebacker over there. He's coming. See that cover? They're not in cover one. They didn't cover, they didn't cover three. They didn't cover two. They in man zone. They ain't this. And, and, and that's to me is invaluable for DJ to be, become the best quarterback he can come become. That's what I want. That's what I hope I see that. I hope Mertz comes back. Um, to give both Max Brown and DJ Lagway, whoever is our quarterback in 2025, that valuable experience that he can pass on to those guys about how to train, how to work, how to work by yourself when the coach is not around, when they can't be around. I want all that for both of those guys. So that that's my take on those guys. Let, let me add something to that, Wes, real quick. I think it would take a Joe Burrow-esque year for, for Graham to, to go pro because of, A, you know the top two quarterbacks on the board already. In, in Caleb Williams in May. Um, and it would take an unbelievable season to even pass one or both of those guys. The only thing going against Graham Mertz from coming back next year is his age. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's 22 years old now, getting a little long in the tooth for a college quarterback. I mean, we've obviously seen it before, uh, Winky. But Burrow. Yeah. Um, I just – I don't think unless he has that Burrow S season and everybody goes, that's the Graham Mertz we thought we were going to get coming out of high school. I just, I don't see the, the upside in him going pro after this season. So. Yeah. And it took, come, Burrow, it took Burrow two years. People forget. But you come back like, yes, very good point at that. You have a Burrow season one kind of year where you're like, all right, he's showing the tools. He's not making the mental mistakes we were seeing at Wisconsin. Give me another year of a film of that, and then we're talking. He comes back, he does it again. Then you're talking, you know, could you work yourself into a second-round pick or something of that nature? Then, you you know. Exactly. Um, I forget who I'm going to with this question because I was talking. This is CJ. This is from Brian Parker. Uh, He said, why in the hell is Utah so confident they'll win? I understand believing in your team, but I've seen numerous tweets where – they think it's going to be a walk in the park, CJ. They said that last year they lost. <laughs> it's a home game. It's a, it's a home game. Uh, they were, you know, here's, here's the thing. We are all excited about football. This is the best our team will look. That first game of the year, everybody thinks they have a chance. 
Um, that's that's it. You you get so hyped up, you're so ready to go. You get to believing your own hype, and it's just what it is. And we've got we've got people in our fan base believing that. We got people in our fan base that think we're going to go to Utah and just mollywop them, and not even <laughs> and not even think twice about it. But I don't buy that. I think you need to look at it from a sensible thing, a sensible take of just. Utah's got some good players. They're returning 80, 83% of their production from last year. Um, you know, similar to this. I mean, but again, looking at what, what happened last year, they made the same arguments that they're making now of why we won't beat them. So uh, it is what it is. Get on the field. And I said it in the, in the other podcast. Just get on the field. Win the damn game. And that's it. That's all there is to it. It's your opponent. This is game one. I don't care about anything else. You you got to show up. You got to play. You're on the road. You're, you're making a big time impression on college football. Um, we saw how big of an impression it made last year. Um, you know to win that first game against Utah and doing it this year, I think would even make a bigger one, considering we're expected to be much worse uh, by national media. Um, and you know they don't know what we know and they don't know what you know the coaches know. We could, so I, I'm. I think that we're not as bad as people think we are, and I think I think that uh, we're not as good as some of the fan base believes we are. I think you've got to kind of temper expectations somewhere in the middle. Uh, but Utah again, it's just early in the season. They feel really good. They're back to back Pac-12 champions. Um, they've got a lot of great players on that football team, so I could see why they'd be excited. They're playing at home, and it's the first week of the season, and your team is. It's never going to look better in your mind going into a game than it does week one. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, we got two questions left. Uh, one is a baseball question. So, Jay Stubbs, I'm going to come back to you for CJ on that one. And I'll give you this, the last question, Hurston, and uh, we'll get back to CJ, the, the one before the last one. This is from Corinthian Perry. He says, in your opinion, does Max Brown get a package of set plays this year? No. Because he doesn't – I mean, is he more mobile? Yeah. But I don't think Billy operates that way. I just don't think he will. Um, he will be what, you know, any developing quarterback is. You you hope you blow somebody out or get way up on somebody and you bring him in in the fourth quarter. I don't think that our team is structured where we can change the flow of things like that this year. Um. You want Graham to get comfortable, get into a rhythm, and keep him there. And I just believe that's the way you're going to see things operate. Like I said, you you hopefully you'll get into some games in the fourth quarter where you're blowing the other team out, and Max can get in there and get some valuable reps. But that's the only way I see him being on the field unless somebody's injured. See, you already asked. I, I reviewed the question. You already answered that. For, uh, it's about the baseball transfers. So that's all I have for Facebook. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to answer that Uh uh, Justin Goodard asked about the baseball transfers and CJ kind of hit on that, so we go to her. Rewind and, and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I feel like I answered it. I got us three questions from last week's uh, video on our, from YouTube. As always, guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to drop the questions for next week's episode down below in the comments. We'd appreciate that. That's, that's how we like to do things. Um, first question from... Um, Sharif Gusson, who do we like to re- better to replace Boone? Um, CJ, I'll drop that to you. Um, it, it seems like 
right now it's I think Tyreek Sapp is the guy that they want to, to kind of take that spot as like the veteran presence because he's been here longer. They've got him moved over there. They're wanting him to shed weight. They want him to play that position. You look at what's behind him on that side of the football. It's a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores, a lot of guys that haven't played a ton. But we've talked about Kelby Collins. We've talked about Jack Pyburn. Um, there's a few guys in that role that I think that, that will get some playing time, will definitely get some burn. Um, I kind of expected to be, you know, 40% Boone, and then, you know, you kind of mix in uh, between three other guys on that side of the football, uh, kind of splitting it up between the three of them with Collins and Piper and Cam James and uh, possibly Caleb Banks, depending on what, what they want to do with that. But I think that Tyreek Sapp is the guy that they're looking at to kind of take that spot full time. All right. Wes, this one's from Lucas, the Gator man. Question for you. How many wins do we need to finish with a top five class, Wes? To finish with a top five class? I think we can go seven and five and finish with a top five class still. Um, I, I think if you want the big guys, it's, more, it's not more about where we finish, but I think defense is going to be a whole lot better than what it were last year. I think if we go, Luke's, to be honest with you, if I think if we go nine and three, ten and two, if we go what Mullen did with Felipe Franks, and, and, and I'll save that for a later podcast. But if we go what Mullen did with Felipe Franks, and people don't realize that we did that with Felipe Franks, I think we may be able to sneak in. I'm still holding out hope for Jeremiah Smith and those type of guys to finish this class. And I don't think we lose anybody. So we stay with the guys we got. I think guys want to rise in the ranks from their senior, whatever, yeah, their senior film. And uh, I think seven and five would get us what you're talking about. But I think 10 and two, nine and three would get us a Jeremiah Smith. You hope. All right, CJ, last question from the YouTube comments. Um, I saved this one for you. I know you go to games a lot. From Brandon Connell, what upgrades would you like to see in the swamp? Oh man, um, I'd like ah. to see the I'd like to see the concourse widened. Uh, a lot of the stuff, it's really cramped in the stadium. Uh, I, I mean, if people that are complaining about wanting the, how how the how the they're going about this to make it more roomy for everybody, you know, it really needs it. I mean, you are you are nut to butt. With, with everybody in there going one way to the other, it's, it's, it's cramped. There are some the older things in the stadium, and I guess and, – and I understand some people's points of this is – you know, that's part of its charm. That's part of college football, and I, I agree with it to an extent, but there are things that are just – there's just a, not a lot of room. Um, you know, I would love to see, you know, more, more chair backs in the stadium, of course. Um, the, the LED lights are one thing that I'd like to see us have. Um, you know, everybody else is going to them. I think the kids really enjoy that. So I think that they would, they would put that in. It would, it would go a long way with them. But I think that just some, some more comfort um, things, some more, more things to make the game a little more comfortable for you. I mean, God Almighty, you know, you, you got to do some stuff to, because you, you got people that are going. To, you know, anybody that goes to the swamp knows that it's hot and it's humid. You're already sticky as hell. The last thing you want to do is press up against somebody else who's sticky and hot as hell. So, uh, you know, you know what I mean? So I would, I would rather, you know, I would rather them add some, some more space for everybody, widen out a little bit, um, make it a little easier to get around uh, for a lot of the people, you know, where you're not bumping into everybody and constantly, you know, 
have somebody's back. I think that those things are, are something that they could be done uh, to kind of help with the flow of the, the traffic during before the game and things like that. Um, so, I, and I'm, like I said, I'm totally in favor of upgrading the swamp um, because it's, I, it's it's necessary. Uh, we look at what happened to us before, you know, the, all the things with the Heavener Center and the, the indoor practice facility, uh, the O-Dome. You, you end up looking at a lot of that. We were way behind everyone else. And, and I don't think that they ever want to get into position again where the amenities and the, the structural things at the university are way behind everyone else. Um, you know, I think that that's one thing they want to avoid. Because then you're having to scramble to figure out how to do it with with the cash uh, to make these building projects happen. So I, I think that that's that's just part of it. I think it's just a game we're going to have to play with everyone else. Excellent response, CJ. Thank you for answering that. I know you were the best guy to give that answer. Um, all right, guys. Thank you as always for all the questions you sent in and all the um I hopefully we were able to answer them to the best of our ability and give y'all some insight on what we were thinking there. It's time for this week's community question. This week's community question is what's the best college football rivalry trophy? Um not a lot of responses on Twitter this week. I know some people probably are like I don't even care. I don't I don't even are there rivalry trophies? Some people don't probably don't even realize these things exist. Um just a few of the answers we got. Uh John Boyd said Paul Bunyan's axe which is one of my favorites as well. Shane Pittman said the little brown jug. Thanks, Shane, for sending in your answer. JC said the commander-in-chief trophy or the Shillingly trophy. And Lucas, the Gator Man, also said Paul Bunyan's axe. Wes, what, what answers did you have on the uh, Facebook group to that question? Uh, Justin Wood said the one with the pig. I, he said, I can't remember the name of it. I know Josh Pace talks about it all the time. It's the Florida Rosendale. Yeah, Florida, uh, Rosedale said it. Uh, Tony Dormer said it, Iowa versus Minnesota. Um, Brian Davis said Seminole War Cano is my personal favorite. Tim Scott said, I think this could depend on many different variables and some of the average fan man at Herbert because of the teams are uh, blue blue bloods. But, for example, many knew the UF, UF, FSU actually have a trophy canoe. The armed forces have the Play for the Commander and Chief Trophy, but only Army and Navy get top billing. Air Force actually has won it the most, so I go with the Skyhawk Trophy. I went in Iowa State. Charlie Sapp said Paul, Paul Bunyan, Bunyan, and Ryan Gurn said Paul Bunyan's axe. And Terrence Simmons said Old Oaken Bucket between Indiana and Purdue. The Old Oaken Bucket, yes. All right, CJ, what's yours? Oh man, I kicked this around for a minute because I love it. I love the the stupid trophies because they hold a special place in my heart because my high school football team plays for for dumb trophies. <laughs> we play we play for a bucket uh, every year. It's called mm-hmm. the Barnett's Creek Bucket. But Thomas County Central and Cairo play. The counties are Grady and Thomas are separated by the uh, Barnett's Creek. And Barnett's Creek had a volunteer fire department uh, right there on the creek, and they would use water from the creek to put out fires. And they found an old bucket that they used to use, and it was a common belief that this bucket would have been used to put out fires in Thomas County and Grady County. So it would have served both of them. So every year we play for this old beat-up bucket, 
for <laughs> and that's that's one of my favorite things about football. But in college, it's that gold Stetson hat that Oklahoma and Texas play for. That is the coolest stinking thing. You win that football game at the Texas State Fair. You get to wear that big, you know, Stetson gold cowboy hat. Just you know, you see the pictures of uh, Baker Mayfield wearing that thing, and, and to me, that's to, that's the coolest trophy in, in college football. To me, that that rivalry to me is probably like I said, one of the. I know we did the the show a while back with what we thought was the best college football rivalry, and I said Texas and Oklahoma, and and I think that gold hat goes into it. I think that's the, the coolest rivalry trophy in, in college football. Wes, what's yours? I got to go with the Iowa, Iowa State. I love at the end where they take it and they like they do it at the end. That That is just uh, awesome uh, to CJ's point. I mean, they're not like Blue Bloods and they're not like uh, on CBS at 3.30 or ESPN or Fox at 3.30. Uh, but lately, those those teams have been really, really good. We see what Brock Purdy is doing in the NFL now. Uh, and uh, I can't remember the coach name at the top of my head right now. But I thought Matt he was, Campbell. Matt Campbell would have left for a bigger job, uh, but he stayed at Iowa State and built that program. And we know Iowa have been solid. They get eight, nine, ten wins. They've rather been a five, four, three, two, you know, type of win. So those games are pretty good. And and that rivalry means something to those players that are playing. And, and it's not like Florida, Florida State or Florida, uh, Georgia or Alabama, LSU or Oklahoma, uh, uh, Texas or uh, Ohio State, Michigan, those type of rivalries. But uh, to be in that type of game and to see what it means to those players at the end, uh, they're, they're playing for something. And I love what they do at the end. So I go Iowa, Iowa State and what they do with the acts after they win. Um. <clears throat> Cincinnati and Louisville, baby. The keg of nails. Yes, the keg of <laughs> nails. <laughs> Why? A, because it sounds cool as hell. <laughs> I like the name. I like the name. <laughs> yeah, it's just a cool-ass name. And it's just an old brown beer keg, man. It's just it's just cool that a bunch Whoa. of college kids are playing for an old keg. To me, that's just cool. That's that's What's more college football than that? Just playing for a keg yeah. of beer. <laughs> Yeah, these, these trophies, these trophies to me are what makes up college football. I mean, they didn't mention them, but SMU and uh, Texas uh, Christian TCU they play for the Iron Skillet. Yes, the every Iron year Skillet they've was, been playing yeah. for that thing since World War II. When it was actually probably being um, used to cook with. <laughs> yeah, they had like beans and bacon in that thing, and they were like, you know, guys, we're gonna play football over this now. This is all we've uh, got no, left. Just, Let's play for it. They play for that. Or uh, Utah and BYU, I be, they play for the Beehive Boot. There's just a bunch of really cool stuff that I don't think gets that's talked about enough about college football that makes college football college football. But all these these trophies to me are just so so neat uh, to see guys play for those things, man. The ever expanding landscape of conferences and all this crap that's going on, we don't lose yeah. those yeah. things that make the game at great least point. down to its core great. great. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for all your interactions this week, sending in your questions, your responses to the community question. We appreciate it so much. As always, guys, thank you for supporting us as creators and downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you're watching us this this week on YouTube, um, make sure you subscribe to the channel, drop a like on the video, and drop a question for next week's episode down below. You'll be entered into the giveaway for this hat right here. 
from our good friends at Alma Mater, the Swinging Gator Golf Hat. So, you know, make sure you do those three things. You're automatically entered for the giveaway that we will do the very first week of September. Right after that very first game is played, guys. It's almost here. Two weeks to go, guys. You've almost made it, guys. Just hang on tight. Just hang on tight. Pulling the rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bite down hard and just wait, guys. We're going to make it. We'll make it together. But until then, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your interactions. And we will catch you next week. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.